So I guess we're supposed to be relieved. The iconic, they call it iconic, Windows XP default desktop wallpaper. You know, the sloped green hill with the blue sky and the clouds. And I've guess people have always wondered if it's real or not. I, on the other hand, looked at it and just figured it was not real. But according to this story, the editor-in-chief of the San Francisco Gate recently set out to find if it was true or not. Well, it is true. And it must not have been very difficult since other people knew about it for years and years. It is uh, the farmland in uh, the alpaca farm on Highway 12 in Sonoma, California. And across the street, it's covered with wine grapes. Well, so Charles O'Rear, the photographer, snapped the picture um, back in 1996. It's known as Bliss Hill. And he claims that, uh, look, I just took the picture. I'm driving through Sonoma. It's always a carpet of green grass in January. It's beautiful. I knew that. And I just, you know, it was perfect. The perfect light, the perfect clouds. And uh, the photographer, Mr. O'Rear, is 79 years old now. And he uploaded the photo to a stock photo agency. And Microsoft uh, discovered the shot paid an unknown but reportedly six-figure sum for the rights to it in perpetuity and promptly plastered it, you know, across the globe as part of their, you know, marketing campaign. He, uh, the photographer, I mean, has been a great photographer for years. Los Angeles Times, Kansas City Star, um, shot for National Geographic for over 20 years, and he knows that this is the only shot he's going to be remembered for. But the funny thing is, is that um, he says not a week goes by that some email comes through about the photograph. And this is just, uh, you know, a wonderful thing. He's, you know, he's happy about it, obviously. Well, I'm surprised that the editor and chief of San Francisco Gate, I'm sorry, SF Gate, uh, had to set out to find out if it was true or not. Apparently everyone knew whether it was true or not. If you cared, you could find out. So I'm relieved now that I know that when I see the iconic picture on the Microsoft desktop wallpaper, I, uh, I'll know now. And so will you. It's real. Feel better? <laughs> Me too. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. Oh boy, I have got Zoom brain. How about you? Well, it's not called Zoom brain. It's called Zoom fatigue. I know. I didn't realize I had it until now. But apparently, there's a new study which has uh, proven that Zoom fatigue is a real thing. And there's four causes for Zoom fatigue. One of them, excessive amounts of close-up eye contact is highly intense. Uh, seeing yourself during video chats constantly in real time is fatiguing. Video chats dramatically reduce our usual mobility. 
and the cognitive load is much higher in video chats okay so if you're feeling uh you know exhausted your eyes are irritated you tend to avoid social situations after video conferencing you feel emotionally drained after video conferencing you're tired to do you just don't even want to do anything after video conferencing i mean it is exhausting and so you have zoom brain i'm sorry zoom fatigue and we're all suffering from it these days right of course we are yes that's why stanford researchers uh set out to identify the four causes well they set out to identify causes of zoom fatigue but uh now they have identified four causes of zoom fatigue it was done by the stanford virtual human interaction interaction no it was not interaction lab. <laughs> stanford may have one of those labs as well but this particular lab is the stanford virtual human interaction lab wow it's the v-h-i-l not the v-h-e-l and they uh, examined the psychological consequences of spending hours per day on these platforms whether it be the v-h-i-l or the v-h-e-l as uh, i have now deduced that there is a lab doing that study at stanford it is the first peer-reviewed article that I can't even say the word after V-H-E-L I'm, I'm stuck the, uh, it's the first article that, that deconstructs Zoom fatigue from a psychological perspective and we set out we didn't set out to blast Zoom for anything it was just you know prolonged video chats contribute to the feeling that's commonly known as Zoom fatigue they give you some solutions as part of their uh, study. Um, they talk about uh, you should uh, uh, zoom out of the full screen option and reduce the size of the zoom window relative to the monitor to minimize face size and use an external keyboard to allow an increase in personal space bubble between oneself and the grid. Uh, if seeing yourself during video chats is uh, fatiguing, you should uh, default practice of beaming the video to both self and others when it only needs to be sent to others. Users should use the hide self button, which can access by right-clicking on the photo. If you use Zoom every day, um, you should be able to figure it out. And uh, if you, uh, you know, it reduces your uh, ability to be mobile, uh, perhaps... The external camera can be moved farther away from the screen, and this will allow you to pace and doodle. And uh, maybe you could turn the video off periodically to maybe, you know, audio only. <laughs> just a thought. <laughs> you know, that's just me. Uh, you know, and look, if this all would have been solved had you followed my orders. Those, not my orders, my idea in the very beginning of this lockdown, which is almost a year now. Uh, I mean, it is the 1st of March, 2021, for those of you listening live. 
and it's we are what 15 days from uh we're 15 days from 15 days to you know flatten the curve and uh wow it's been a long 15 days hasn't it yes it has but when we originally started the lockdown and we started using skype and zoom and video conferencing and everybody was having their meetings at home and uh, some people needed to have the camera shut off way before uh now uh as we found out as they were doodling uh on camera but uh you should have just had a cutout picture of you to set up in front of your camera so you're still participating in the meeting but you can lean back and doodle and do all the doodling you want to and people just see the cutout of your face on the camera if you would have done that like i suggested from the very beginning you would not be suffering from zoom fatigue and those of you that are not suffering from zoom fatigue that used my my example and went ahead and used uh the great you know plan that i had you're welcome oh no oh no a new italian study cautions that rabies virus could mutate either naturally or artificially, guess that would be man-made, into an apocalyptic disease that turns humans into hyper-aggressive zombies. Uh, yeah. Hello. <laughs> Uh, maybe you haven't seen the documentary Walking Dead, uh, The Walking Dead, <laughs> uh, because it could happen, okay? Uh, is it real life, uh, or is it the television? I don't know. I don't know. Is it is it art, or is it real life? I mean, Hello? Speaking of Walking Dead, though, uh, you know, The Walking Dead is back. The uh, They're giving you an extra six episodes from season 10. Started last night. So for those of you that, uh, uh, you know, enjoy, we did a new Talking Walking Dead today. If you subscribe to the podcast, Chewing the Fat, on whatever platform you enjoy using, uh, you would have been alerted today that uh, Talking Walking Dead was uh, uploaded. But we have a new Talking Walking Dead out with... Uh, Jason Buttrell, myself, and my son Maximus, and we discuss, you know, Walking Dead. Anyway, this new Italian study, uh, they uh, talk about this uh, mutation of the zombie virus, but even in this story, they talk about it's just theoretical. It's just theoretical. And since the rise of COVID-19, the world, you know, has got to begin to think out of the box when it comes to large-scale epidemics. And boy, that just makes you want to spend the day thinking about that, doesn't it? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Man, I'd rather have Zoom fatigue, man. While rabies will not cause a severe zombie apocalypse today, the paper argues that it would be theoretically possible by either natural or artificial virus to produce a viral strain of rabies that could transmit human to human. It is possible that the virus could be tweaked 
to incubate faster, have enhanced neurotoxicity, and a predisposition towards developing highly aggressive behaviors. <laughs> now, the most common method of infection occurs when an infected mammal scratches or bites another mammal, and the virus is typically passed through saliva. That's according to the World Health Organization. Uh, and it happens for, you know, predominantly developing countries. Roughly 99% of the cases are caused by infected dogs attacking humans. In America, rabies are rare. Uh, in the canine population, bats still remain the virus's key transmitter. Rabies takes on two forms in humans. Roughly 20% of the cases are uh, paralytic and cause the body to shut down slowly. That's it, though. If untreated, the patient eventually loses consciousness and dies. The more common type of furious rabies, which causes the patient to become hyperactive, excitable, and at times aggressive, the hydrophobia, the fear of water, is also a common symptom, and uh, aerophobia, fear of fresh air may also occur uh, if left untreated the patient will die within days of the onset of symptoms to cardiorespiratory arrest yay now they they go on to talk about you know can rabies cause zombification <laughs> zombification yes yes it can that's the answer done no they talk about uh Look, it's just, it's just a thought, you know, it's just, we're trying to have a training program put together and have a tactical plan on how the government would deal with the active zombie threat. I would say, um, you could listen to talking walking dead. Uh, that's a part of this uh, program, or you could, uh, you know, watch the documentary, uh, walking dead, <laughs> or fear the walking dead and you may get an idea of what could happen and how the government will deal with an active zombie threat because we don't want outbreaks to catch any nation off guard no no we do not want that at all the study explores a few key aspects of how rabies which is already linked to zombification uh, with increased aggression and transferred uh, through biting. And it could become a world-ending disease that brings about the total destruction of the human species. Now, how much do you want to think about it? Huh? How much? That's what I thought. Like every day, every minute of every day. Even single amino acid mutations in the proteins of rabies virus can considerably alter its biological characteristics, increasing the pathogenicity <laughs> and viral spread in humans, thus making the mutated virus a tangible menace for the entire mankind. Huh? Again, man. Feel good about that, huh? Yeah, me too. Me too. They mentioned in here, which is incredible, that tens of thousands of people in Asia and Africa still die because of rabies every year. And that's incredible. I mean, it, we, have, we have ways, we have ways to fix you. 
I mean, unbelievable. They, the World Health Organization say they continue to fight the virus by providing vaccines. Provide more. How about that? Spend a little bit of the cash we give you. Spend a little bit of the cash that we're more giving you back now. That, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we do a little education. And uh, education in vaccines. So that people aren't dying from the vaccine. <laughs> just incredible. But they say they still say, look, it's probably not going to happen. It's just theoretical. But it is possible. It is possible that state and non-state actors could engineer bioweapons to kill large numbers of people. And it would occur, uh, you know, we don't know how it's going to occur, to be honest with you. We just know that it probably could. And we're going to think about it. And you should, too. Okay. Uh, No problem. There's nothing I want to do more. Yes, the dogs are back. <laughs> Lady Gaga's dogs have been recovered. Yay! So I believe that was uh, that was one or more of the French bulldogs barking there. A uh, lady reached out to uh, Gaga's staff and said, "Hey, found your dogs, and uh, there you go." She turned them in. I, I guess she gets the five hundred thousand unless she's involved in the theft and the shooting of the dog walker uh the dog walker ryan fisher who we were told was shot four times but all the stories now say he was only shot once uh apparently he was out walking the dogs two men in a white sedan pulled up jumped out they struggled with the dog walker before one of them pulled a gun and fired a single shot before fleeing with two of the three dogs. The other one that was uh, escaped was reunited that same day. Now, apparently, this uh, dog walker is going to have a full recovery. He had been shot in the chest, and he's expected to survive and recover. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know how long it takes you to revive from a gunshot wound in the chest, but I'm sure it's a little bit more than a couple of days. Uh, however, uh, you know, Gaga, you know, we, I mean, we made a big deal about it saying that more people were concerned about the dogs than, uh, Ryan Fisher, but really, uh, Gaga was, uh, like, you know, we love the dogs, but we, you know, we love Ryan too. And, uh, you know, she re- said that she was going to have the $500,000 reward and uh, no questions asked. So unless this lady that found him is part of the theft and the shooting, she gets the 500 grand, right? I mean, they're keeping her name, you know, well, we don't want to release her name for her safety. Uh Uh-huh. But okay, no problem. No problem. I know that I saw one article where one person was saying that uh, he thought it was possible that the dog walker was attacked and shot because Gaga was a big supporter of Joe Biden. Wait, so that means that the dog walkers were, or the, the thieves were after the dog walker and the dogs of Lady Gaga because they were Trump supporters? That's a stretch, my friend. That's a stretch. But, you know, 
<laughs> we do have to stretch to get to our hatred of Trump, don't we? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So this lady gets 500 grand. There's another lady that was uh, from Texas. And she, she's from Flower Mound, which is right here in DFW. Uh, she was at the airport leaving Vegas. I don't know how much money she lost or already won in Vegas. But she's at the airport, McCarran International. And she says, I think I'll play the slot machine. And she won $302,000. Nice. And, of course, you know, they take her picture and she's all happy. So I'm sure the IRS will be calling no problem but three hundred two thousand uh at a slot machine at the airport as you're leaving that's not a bad day hope still reigns true in america doesn't it yes it does you know we we've got nothing without hope and if you still have hope that you're going to win in vegas or win the lottery you're still hope is still there right i mean i know that uh we just had a story of a guy that won five hundred thousand off the Powerball with his uh, fortune cookie numbers. So hope is still alive in America as long as you have an opportunity to win from the slot machines or the lottery. Let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. Oh, my gosh. I know I've probably told you this before. But I want to be clear. That is so good. (laughs) Yes, it is. You know, speaking, I mentioned the IRS. uh, Victims of the Texas winter storms get deadline extensions for their taxes. So the IRS says, hey, you got until June 15th. Don't worry about it. To file various individual and business tax returns and make your tax payments. So... You can stretch it out till June 15th. And there's other places around the country that are getting uh, relief from the IRS uh, extended till June 15th instead of April 15th. So you can always, you know, go to the, uh, you know, disaster relief page at the IRS and see if you've been, uh, you know, if you're part of the part of the group right now. I think there's Oklahoma and Texas and I don't know, there's some other hurricane victims down in louisiana and mississippi that are getting extensions which i i I find nice of the irs oh you've been part of a disaster yeah okay you know what you can you can wait to pay us (laughs) because that's the first thing on your mind i bet (laughs) i bet it is (laughs) so don't you worry about it i'm sure sure you're gonna have to pay us but you could wait till a little bit longer because, you know, you've been through a lot with your disaster. Anyway, if you're in Texas or some other area that has a disaster, I would check it out because your uh, IRS deadline has been extended. Uh, remember to subscribe to this podcast. You know, I mentioned it earlier, but if you're listening to this show and you're not a subscriber, um, just become a subscriber. Stop being a freeloader and become a freeloading subscriber, please. Uh, whatever platform you want, whatever, if you're listening, uh, whatever platform you're listening on now, you can use that platform and subscribe. Or if you like another one better, say like iTunes or iHeartRadio or Stitcher or Spotify, use those platforms and subscribe to Chewing the Fat. Okay. Okay. And then, you know, you become a freeloading subscriber instead of one of those nasty freeloaders. Nobody likes those nasty freeloaders. Okay. All right. Good. And as long as you're 
long as you're on it, you might as well, you know, subscribe to the YouTube channel. There's new content going up on the YouTube channel uh, often. And if you're a subscriber and click the little notification bell, then you'll know when something new gets posted and you'll be able to enjoy it instead of having to, you know, wait for me to tell you to do it. My gosh. I mean, I don't mind telling you, but it's just easier if I don't have to. So just become a subscriber and click the little notification bell. Okay. <laughs> See how easy it is. And then we're done. And we're all done. Uh, another way is you can follow me on my social media accounts, Twitter at Jeffy JFR, Facebook, Instagram, uh, parlor, I guess is still out there alive. Jeff Fisher radio. So I don't know, man, uh, parlor was so hot and they put a knife in the heart of parlor. So we'll see if, uh, if parlor, you know, the knife is out now and they're healing, but I don't know if they're ever going to get healed back to where they were anyway. And speaking of healing, uh, the Cherokee nation is, uh, healing even more. Now the longstanding dispute over who can be considered a citizen of the Cherokee nation came to a conclusion. The Cherokee nation Supreme court ruled that the tribal nation removed the phrase by blood from its constitution and other tribal laws. That change formally acknowledges that the descendants of black people once enslaved by the tribe known as the Cherokee freed men have the right to tribal citizenship, which means they're eligible to run for tribal office and access resources such as tribal health care. So the Cherokee nation Supreme court is a response to a 2017 ruling by us district courts, which determined that the descendants of the Cherokee freed men are entitled to full tribal citizenship rights under a treaty the Cherokee nation made with the U.S. in 1866. So, once again, we, the United States, wants the Cherokee nation to be uh, under the treaty and follow our the treaty rules, even though we may not have followed those treaty rules. Anyway, uh, Cherokee Nation Supreme Court Justice wrote that uh, they extend to descendants of the freedmen as a birthright springing from their ancestors. Oppression and displacement as people of color recorded and memorialized. Um, you know, so good for them, right? I mean, that's great. Uh, you know, they were, many Native Americans were enslaved alongside African Americans during the colonial period. Uh, so now the wealthier tribal citizens, especially in the Southeast had adopted, you know, slavery themselves. And, uh, so, you know, now these people that were freed men can become Cherokees that I hope opens up the door. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe I can, you know, figure out a way to get my son in there. Cause I know we've been working on that for, <laughs> I don't want to get into that story. Just know there's Indian blood in my son's my oldest son's uh blood and we we know there's a right amount according to the the uh the roles but we can't prove where his great great grandmother was born right i don't think it's his great great grandmother because he's a 16th so that means his mother is an eighth his grandma is a quarter his great-grandma is a half and his great-great-grandma is full-blooded. So, uh, anyway, if it just, if it doesn't take, uh, you know, Indian blood, then, uh, I might be in. <laughs> nice. Uh, 
All right, I like to, I like to hear that. We have so much to get to today. I, I'm, we've got. I mean, we had the Golden Globes. Do you even know the Golden Globes was on last night? Well, I mean, I did, but I and I recorded it just in case something you know happened that was worthy. And there was a few things that we should probably talk about, and you know, I'll let you know who won. But mostly, it was agonizing. Um, we'll, we'll get to a little bit of that. We got a lot of crime. I mean, I love crime stories. I could do a whole, you know, every day on crime. So let's, let's knock out some crime before we get to the globes. So federal investigators, uh, say now that they, uh, they have pinpointed a suspect in officer Sicknick's death on January 6th where the insurrection at the Capitol so apparently they have a suspect seen on video appearing to spray a chemical substance on the officer before he later collapsed and died and that apparently is the new uh, theory that has uh, been making the rounds that he was sprayed by a chemical irritant that uh, you know directly tied to his death however that hasn't been proven yet um, in fact they haven't proven anything and they don't even know who the suspect is they just know that there is a person spraying something that they believe is an irritant remember initially they believed that he was hit in the head with a fire extinguisher which uh was not true and so uh they don't know what actually killed him or they do and they haven't reported it so they're still considering it a in the line of duty death and uh you know the investigation into his death is still going on but prosecutors have been evaluating what specific charges could be brought in the case if any um we'll see we'll see i mean they look they've they've got videos and photos and they still don't know and yet he was uh you know laid in state and was the face and body of this armed insurrection and uh yet we still don't have any real proof on what killed the man uh, it's very sad that he's dead and the family wants to know too the family believes it was a stroke but uh we still don't know i mean there was an autopsy we don't have the results of that not having the results of that makes one wonder what actually caused his death doesn't it Jelaine Maxwell, uh, still in jail. Uh, there are several people now, including a judge uh, by the name of Rosemary Pooler, who serves on the Second Circuit Court of Appeals in New York. She believes that she should be let out. Uh, she believes that uh, Jelaine is being treated unfairly. And uh, I would tend to agree. I mean, it's she believes that... Uh, you know, she's talking about uh, prolonged solitary confinement is one of the true horrors of the modern-day penal system. And she describes a prison in Italy designed for members of the mafia convicted of murder or tampering with witnesses uh, is much better than how they're treating Jelaine Maxwell. And, you know, the mafia trial in Italy actually is still going on, the big one. Uh, and so we, that, that trial is still going to have some great stuff come out. I can't wait for more of that trial to go on. Uh, but she goes on to talk about the American system as presumed innocent. 
what country is this judge living in would you think someone is presumed innocent before they go before a court (laughs) oh man that is rich that is rich so she is in this uh you know the federal metropolitan detention center in brooklyn she's been there she uh she's been there she's under 24-hour surveillance by guards and 18 cameras um there is uh you know and the reason that she's under such uh such focus is because of jeffrey epstein who you know she is saddled with being uh, about was uh, you know killed himself and they were negligent in letting him kill himself so now they're worried about her well let her out she's been denied bond she's been placed in solitary confinement and they she's really been found guilty of nothing uh i mean really she's been found guilty of nothing she hasn't uh, some of her accusers have never been cross-examined under oath uh the, it's it's incredible that we're keeping her in jail this long without at least being out on bail and she's been found guilty of nothing uh she filed for her third application for bail and she uh you know says she's going to renounce her citizenship in other countries she's going to have the court monitor her finances and have home detention she just wants to be out of jail and any other person uh would be let out i mean we're letting other people out of jail we're letting murderers out of jail because of the coronavirus and yet uh her continued detention is uh is still ongoing and it's like we don't care uh yeah you are uh you're tied in with jeffrey epstein and we hate him so you get to remain in jail okay (laughs) okay then that's the way it goes so maybe she'll this third attempt will get her out if she gives up everything but being in jail is really what it's come down to you can and she still they still may not let her out but uh she's given up she claims that she'll give up everything uh you know obviously what i just told you and you know just to get out of jail and i necessarily i don't blame her and did you see where and peter Gotti uh just died uh you know uh he was you know ahead of the gambino crime boss he was 81 uh he was the brother of uh john Gotti, and uh he was not as good a boss as john that's for sure he was spending 25 years in uh, jail for federal racketeering conviction in north carolina and uh you know he's obviously you know i mean he's a crime boss so he got there for some reason but he uh he ran he ran the gambino uh crime family kind of into the ground uh john had that thing working like a well-oiled machine and uh then you know when he went to prison and died uh then peter took over and things weren't so good anyway he just died in, in prison and i see where they're trying to get el chapo's wife 
to go witness protection and exchange for all the secrets that she knows because there was a big article talking about el chapo's wife will be offered a new life with her daughters under witness protection in exchange for spilling secrets about mexico's murderous murderous solanola drug cartel um why would they release that why would they say that uh because they want her to right they want El Chapo and the rest of the people who are, you know, equal to or underneath uh, Emma that uh, to believe that she's going to do that so that now, even though she doesn't, she can't go anywhere or do anything because they'll be concerned that she's going to, you know, she ratted them out. Right. So she's got uh, twin daughters that are nine years old. And apparently now she's facing up to 40 years in prison over her drug conspiracy charges. She may take it. I don't know. She may take it. I mean, uh, Joaquin uh, El Chapo Guzman uh, is still, uh, you know, in uh, Supermax. But, uh, you know, we'll see how long he he wallows in Supermax before he escapes. Because, I mean, it's not like he hasn't ever escaped prison before. And I mean, she knows where she knows where everything is. She knows it all, man. So, good luck, God bless. Good luck, God bless. And one more crime boss story: uh, Governor Cuomo of New York had uh, the second uh, accusation of sexual harassment or sexual misconduct. Uh, thrown at him over the weekend and i think now another one has come out i mean there do i hear three do i hear four do i hear five number five step up let us know what he did to you the guy is such a uh uh for the lack of a better term douchebag uh that uh he deserves everything he gets so you know some of the stuff may be uh uh a tad under the sexual harassment world but for him no it's not he's just a bad guy and he bullies and treats people bad to get his own way and he's done it forever and so they're coming out of the woodwork now so good good couldn't happen to a nicer guy We talked last week about the uh, artwork by uh, the digital artwork by artist Beeple that was going to auction off at Christie's at some unknown location. And they got Reuters got a copy of the handout and it was going to be sold as type uh, as a new type of digital asset, the NFT, which was the non fungible token that uh, has, you know, the popularity of it has grown throughout the pandemic and uh the we were uh, we were wondering how much the uh first 5000 days collage would sell for um 6.6 million dollars <laughs> i know i know i know so good for michael winkelman or Beeple to uh, get his uh, original artwork with the digital signature to certify who owns it through the 
non-fungible token, the NFT, $6.6 million. Congratulations. Congratulations. So the Golden Globes were last night, and uh, I did not I did not catch them. I had The Walking Dead to watch, and I just couldn't bring myself to watch it. I know it was all socially distanced. Uh, What's-her-face and what's-her-face were the co-hosts, and one was on the West Coast and one was on the East Coast, and I'm sure that it was hilarious. I'm sure it was. There's no doubt in my mind that Tina Fey and Amy Holerkin just made it hilarious. Uh, no doubt in my mind, but I did, uh, well, and there were some winners and, and a couple of the winners were agonizing and we, you know, I'll go over some of them, but one of the, one of the big things was I missed the first, uh, commercial from parenthood brand Frida mom, which, uh, was going to air. And, and, and since I didn't hear about it, I, I'm, I'm guessing it, it, it aired. It was supposed to, it was advertised to, uh, to be airing during the Golden Globes. It was going to be, uh, you know, they were lifting the veil. According to them, they were lifting the veil, veil on the challenges new moms and their breasts face. And so they, uh, from massaging out clogged ducks with an electric toothbrush to slowing the flow with cabbage leaves, and uh so they were gonna actually show breasts and lactating breasts and moms feeding their babies and while i have no problem with that i mean i really don't so we're now showing women's nipples on television commercials so it wasn't that long ago where we had to bow down to the FCC because a nipple was shown on national television and radio paid the price uh, because a nipple was shown inadvertently on the Super Bowl and no one really saw it. I mean, I, I've talked about it before, but I could, I honestly, I remember talk, I was talking to my wife on the phone and uh, I was watching the Super Bowl. It was halftime and I was saying, you know, that they were on, the show was on. And it happened, and I and I thought, did did Janice Jackson just did Janet Jack not Janice? I mean, I call her Janice. We're friends. Most people call her Janet. Uh, did Janet Jackson just show her nipple, and then it was gone? And you know, I mean, I had to, obviously I I rewound. Hello, but uh, I mean, it, that's how bad it was. It was only that split second of a nipple, and then that's it. So now, now we're at a place where, I mean, I, I don't, moms can breastfeed wherever they want, uh, whenever they want. I mean, that baby needs to eat and it's, I'm happy that there's mothers that are loving their children enough to feed them the breast milk that will help them grow and become stronger human beings. That's great. But we're at a place now where we can show that on television and not just show the baby being breastfed, but show the breast prior to the baby being fed with the nipples uncensored. We're there. We're there now. But I can remember going through weeks of new 
training of what bucket I needed to put things in. And all of you people that were in radio at the time will know exactly what I'm talking about when you had to put things in buckets. And it's just agonizing to me. But, you know, good. I'm glad that we're celebrating the free spirit of lactating moms and what they have to go through. Good, 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 good. Right? Right. All right, the Golden Globe winners and uh, and losers, really. But the winners, and this is where I, why I think the Golden Globes is just, you know, agonizing. So the best picture, musical or comedy, and the best performance by an actor in a motion picture, musical or comedy. Uh, both, well, the best picture went to Barat, uh, subsequent movie film. And the best performance went to Sasha Baron Cohen as Barat, subsequent movie film. And it's just not funny how how people, what are they, I mean, it's just agonizing that that would, that those would win like that. As Sasha Baron Cohen, the guy is not funny and he's creating this stuff that just is agonizing to me. But of course, we all love him because, did you see that time? And he even talked about it in his winning. I saw some of the headlines of what the winners said in their speeches and he talked about finding this great joy of a comedy actress that, that you know, had uh, had, uh, what's his face? Giuliani unzip his pants. <laughs> when you watch that, I mean, it's just agonizing. Nothing happened. It just drives me crazy. I was happy to see that Queen's Gambit uh, on Netflix won uh, Best Limited Series, Anthology Series, or Motion Picture Made for Television, and Anna Taylor-Joy won it from the Queen's Gambit for Best Performance by an Actress in a Limited Series, Anthology Series, or a Motion Picture Made for Television. Uh, congratulations. Gillian, Gillian Anderson won for The Crown. Jodie Foster won. She threw out a shout-out to uh, Aaron Rodgers. Best Television Series Drama went to The Crown. Wow. Uh, that's, I mean, Lovecraft Country, The Mandalorian, Ozark, and Ratchet. That's a tough crowd to be in, man. The Crown won that. Congratulations. Um, best performance by an actor, Josh O'Connor from The Crown. Um, best performance by an actress, motion picture, uh, Rosamund Pike with I Care A Lot. She was in the news because she was mad at a promotional company. I think it was for this show, too. I think it was for I Care A Lot uh, that uh, made gave her breast. Uh, a, a little upkeep in the photo and she was pissed that uh, they gave her breast a little upkeep to make them look uh, what I, I, she didn't say they, they made it look better but <laughs> she was mad made him change it take down the poster good for her she got her you know how dare you how dare you make a picture make me try to look better with bigger perkier breasts how dare you I'm an actress whatever and uh, there was some other stuff that happened. I know that uh, Mark Ruffalo, Mark Ruffalo, uh, he won Best Performance by an Actor for a Limited Series, Anthology Series, or Motion Picture Made for Television for I Know This Much is True. Uh, congratulations, Mark. Uh, boy, there's another guy that's just a winning character. But he... Uh, in his acceptance speech from his hotel room or wherever he was accepting because they were all on location at other places to be socially distanced during this pandemic. 
uh, he said that Americans must come to balance and honor a dying Mother Earth and turn the page on the cruel past. Thanks, Mark. We really appreciate it. After 54 years, it's my humble belief that what would give us all this sadness and loss that we've all lived through, meaning is our common humanity. Ugh. He is agonizing. Anyway, I, you know, he's worried about dying Mother Earth, and she's Mother Earth, and we must, you know, honor her and heal her too. So let's be courageous. And He said inclusion and justice and care for Mother Earth is breaking out everywhere. And uh, he's calling it a hideous dark storm. You're a hideous dark storm, Mark. That's, oh, ah, I just want to scream at this guy. And have you seen um, uh, the winner of the best motion picture drama, uh, Nomadland? Uh, I started watching it this weekend, as a matter of fact. It's up on Hulu. And I got about halfway through, and it looks like it's going to be way too sad for me to watch. I mean, I'll finish it, of course. It's with Frances McDormand, right? Yeah. And uh, she loses her family and her job. This town closes down in Nevada and she lives out of a van. And uh, she, you know, is working part, she works part time. Where I'm at is uh, she had just uh, finished up her uh, seasonal work at Amazon and uh that's where we're at so it just looks like it's gonna be uh too sad but i hope it does i hope it isn't Uh, i hope it works out to be really happy i don't want to know i don't want to know until i watch it because i feel like this van dwelling journey is just going to end up with her dying in her van uh stuck on the side of a road at some wannabe campground that wouldn't let her in because she didn't have any money or something. I just, I just feel like that's going to happen. I don't feel like she's going to, you know, hit the lotto and uh, buy the, uh, you know, the million dollar bus to finish her travels around the planet because she wouldn't have been traveling had she had a gig to begin with. Anyway, it's uh, Nomad Land in them. Looking forward to finishing that sometime soon. 